Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Folks, um, uh, I, uh, if I were smart, I'd say thank you and leave. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 28th of January, year of our Lord, 2024. Old man, say loud noises. Yeah. We're starting right into slides today. I'm going to try to keep this a short show because I know my shows have been a little longer lately. Snopes literally argued that the president didn't wear his hat backwards they argued it and that's the picture I I want you to see the picture that's a good way to start our show because that's how bad they'll go to get this guy reelected they put that picture in the argument that he didn't wear his hat backwards how disinformation isn't that what we talk about disinformation and disinformation and disinformation and disinformation that's all we ever talk about is disinformation and how the media is so necessary because there's so many dark forces that are pushing disinformation and then you go and push disinformation so yeah that's how i wanted to start the show next thing i want to cover is ben shapiro rapping They call me offensive, controversial, it's only two genders, boys and girls They can't cancel my message cause I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world Claim that I'm racist, yeah alright, I'm not ashamed because I'm white If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist, every liberal is right I don't wanna talk to folks who don't get it, go woke, go broke, no hope is pathetic Pro-choice pronouns, pro-love, you're progressive, but you ain't pro-gun, no one to protect it Where the American flags at? Remember when people would hang those They've been taken down, they all been replaced with BLM flags or a rainbow This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes we ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes I don't care if I offend you I was put here to upset you You can cry and you can scream You can ride in the streets You defunded the police Now there's no one to protect you Let's look at the stats. 
ass I've got the facts, my money like lizard, my pockets are fat Homie, I'm epic, don't be a whap Dog, it's a yarmulke, homie, no cap Look at the graphs, look at my charts You're blowing money on strippers and cars You go into prison, I'm on television Dog, no one knows who you are Keep hating on me on the internet My comment section all woke Karens And I make racks off compound interest Y'all live with your parents Nikki, take some notes, I just did this for fun All my people, download this Let's get a billboard number one This ain't rap, this ain't money, cars and clothes We ain't selling drugs, we ain't gonna overdose We ain't pushing guns, ain't promoting stripper poles We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes I don't care if I offend you I was put here to upset you You can cry and you can scream You can ride in the streets You defunded the police Now there's no one to protect you It's cool to be the victim, well, I'ma be the man You sad, you sad, you sad You just try to get attention, being triggered's all you have You mad, you mad, you mad You blame everybody else for every problem that you can You sad, you sad, you sad I will never say I'm sorry, I ain't taking nothing back I don't care if I offend you I was put here to upset you The number four rap song. It blew to the top. Nicki Minaj, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro is number one on iTunes. This better be good. Edit, Barbs, if y'all don't quit playing. I just listened to Ben Shapiro. Not bad. Congrats on number one. But it definitely sounds like Roman Revenge when the beat first came in. I don't know. Ben Shapiro put out a diss record. He says comment sections are filled with woke Karens. The song is number one on iTunes. What is really happening and who's in the other man rapping? Is this real life? He said Nikki takes some notes. Nah. Bass raps don't care about people's feelings. It's now number two below Hiss, Megan Three Stallion. And now people are doing this little uh, <laughs> meme rap battle, which is really funny. Uh, now, Nikki, that was not good. That was a conservative skinhead song. What even happening? He said, my money like Lizzo, my pockets are fat. Ben got Nikki to comment. This is the most bizarre timeline. I fucking think this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life because it's just a silly song, but it proves that you can sling back, right? You can talk shit back, and it's okay as a conservative to talk shit back. Um, and I'm not a conservative, I'm not an independent, but it's nice to see them do some fire, you know what I mean? Although I had to go look up no cap, because I keep hearing it, but I did not know what no cap was. Um, so our next soundbite, and I kind of screwed up and did some of this yesterday. Uh, okay, this is, this is, uh, 
UNRWA's Hamas-Lincoln border crisis with uh, whatchamacallit. And I want to cover this. This is a third grade New York city teacher. The bombs in the air go whoosh, whoosh, whoosh all through the skies. From every river to every sea, the people cry, cry, cry. Free Palestine till the wheels on the tank fall off. I don't remember the song, but I know that's fucked up. Here's Biden. For everyone who's demanding tougher border control, this is the way to do it. Here's my full statement, which is not to do it. Biden cuts border funding on day one of office and as the feds spend the next three years cutting down walls, fences, and borders. That's what he did. That was day one. Biden auctioned off the wall parts. Auctioned it off. But now it's, oh, they're not giving us money, and it's this, it's that. So here's Ducey throwing down with these fucking pieces of lying shit. He said this month about the UNRWA, you can't hold them accountable for the depredations of Hamas. How about now? Certainly it, it looks as if, Peter, and again, there's an investigation going on, so I'll be careful, but it certainly looks as if uh, there's cause to be concerned about the actions of some of the members of UNRWA, the UN Relief and Works Agency, but that does not, and nor should it, impugn the entire agency and the entire, all the body of work that they're doing. They have helped save literally thousands of lives in, in Gaza. They do important work. That's bad, though. If there are 12 people who are accused It's of... bad. It's bad if there's one. It's bad if there's That's one. Bad. And the U.S. is giving them money. How much money? We have suspended the. They have. Sus- How we much have suspended. Before the suspension. I don't have the dollar figures here. What does this White House vet? Because we know that people coming across the southern border are not vetted. Now we know that people that are getting hundreds of millions of dollars of U.S. money are not being vetted. So, who do you guys check out? Uh, it's it's interesting that you're combining the two. Not like we don't have a process at the border, and there is a challenge there. And the president does want to get more border patrol agents. But this idea that just there's no vetting and there's no proper immigration enforcement going on at the border just does not does not comport with reality. Put that aside, because that has nothing to do, and you know it has nothing to do, with well, UNRWA and Gaza. What this administration is doing and how it is a UN, resources are being used. It is a UN agency. But up until today, the U.S. policy then has been, we don't negotiate with terrorists, but we will give them hundreds of millions of dollars. Come on now, that's that's conflating here. This is not, you're, you're, that's like saying the whole UNRWA is a terrorist organization. You know who is a terrorist organization? Hamas, not UNRWA. Now, if they have, if the investigation proves that, in this case, I think it's about a dozen employees were assisting Hamas, absolutely, they need to be held to account. And we will, although we've already suspended any additional allocations to UNRWA, we'll certainly consider additional, you know, what, depending on the investigation. It's, um, it's bullshit. It's fucking bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Two quick ones, really quick. I'm going to play them back to back. Here is a joke that my brother sent me. I can't remember if it was Matt or Randy. So it was Matt or Randy sent me this video. I think it's Matt. It was Matt. And a real school board of a little girl reading what she's been brainwashed to say. Your word is woman. 
Woman, can I have the country of origin, please? I, I don't, I don't, it, probably England or Germany or something. Woman. Um, can I have the definition, please? Uh, why don't you ask Judge One that question? Can I have the definition of woman, please? No. Why not? I'm allowed to ask for definitions, right? The the thing is, a woman is the there. The a woman is 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 yeah, what, a she's, woman. what she's trying to say is that each person gets to define for themselves what a a woman is. So can you define it? No. Why? I just want to know the definition of woman. And that makes you a hateful little bigot, Lincoln. I am a student at Chapin High School in my senior year, and I have attended schools in the Chapin Cluster since kindergarten. This is the first District 5 board meeting I have attended, though I did watch the public participation portion of the meeting that took place on January 8th. I was inspired to come and speak today by my English teachers. In my high school years, I have come to know most of the teachers in the department and found that they are a brilliant and kind group of people who truly do act in the interest of every student. I hold the utmost respect for them and they have taught me, as they have taught me so much in academics, extracurriculars, and lifelong ethics. I am incapable of fully understanding the stress and responsibility felt by teachers, parents, and the members of this board. I have no years of experience being an educator. I have no college degree. I am not a parent. I am barely even an adult. I'm just a high school student. I'm here to make a point about the dangerous consequences of book banning in public education, but I first want to share some of my background so that you may get an idea of why this is so important to me. I'm fortunate to have both my parents present and involved in my everyday life. They support me, care for me, and I live a comfortable life. I love both of my parents dearly, but tonight I would like to focus on my father and the concomitantly de detrimental effect he has had on my life. He's a conservative, a Republican, and a Christian. For as long as I can remember, he has instilled his political and religious values in me. As a child who unquestioningly admired her father, I took him at his word, and his one-sided, bigoted beliefs became ingrained in my identity. When the topic of the 2016 presidential election arose at the fourth grade lunch table, I would recite the arguments my father made in favor of Trump. I ignorantly endorsed a man who would have me suffer and even die in the name of political agendas. At 10 years old, I had no one exposing me to diverse political perspectives. One might argue that a fourth grade classroom is a fourth grade classroom is not the place for political discussions, and if one is to arise, the teacher should extricate themselves from the situation and dismiss the, in the topic entirely. If the classroom is not the place for such, such discussions, then where? The home? My parents failed me in that area of education, and I can assure you that mine were not the only ones. If fourth grade students are old enough to hold conversations about politics and current events themselves, then they are old enough to hear debates that represent both sides and incorporate a variety of viewpoints. I have since needed to reconsider where I stand. When the Democrats, who had previously been demonized, held in, just, in unjustifiable condemnation and immediately dismissed, actually aligned with my own morals and reasoning more than Republicans, I found myself at a crossroads. I could either continue in my father's doctrine that required me to blindly and to follow blindly and ignore irrefutable, irrefutable truths and the principles of democracy or to pursue my own knowledge and form my own opinions. This I could not do without the support of my teachers, 
They have encouraged me to conduct my own research about the politicians from both parties who have the power to dictate my life. They did this without interjecting their own opinions or political affiliations. They have emboldened me to form my own opinions and supported me unconditionally. The English department has changed my life for the better. They are, in my humble opinion, the most qualified people in this room to determine which books are useful and appropriate for classrooms. They are export, experts in how to best use these books, these tools, to provide students with a diverse education with which to, with which to become well-informed, free-thinking citizens. Thank you. Then we have a montage of journos insulting GOP voters. And I stripped this down because there are just so many. I come here, I meet with great groups in New Hampshire, I then get on a plane late at night when it's snowing and freezing out, wonderful, and the pilots say, sir, it's gonna be tough. And I get there early in the morning, I go to a Biden witch hunt, and then I come here in the afternoon and I stop and we make speeches and we get your votes and all that stuff, but nobody's ever had to do this before. Well, you know, people didn't do it before because usually candidates who judges say are rapists don't usually get this far. But what we found in Iowa a couple of nights ago was, well, Iowa Republicans that voted those 14 percent, they like their presidential candidates that are called rapists by judges and they like their presidential candidates that steal nuclear secrets and repeatedly and, defame women and they like their presidential candidates okay. that repeatedly defame women. Now, you know, Willie, I'm new to this political thing. Yes, let me help you through this. You actually <laughs> brushed, you brushed me off yesterday when I fell off the really? turnip truck, and I thank you that right in front of a <laughs> an icy patch of of yeah. snow outside of Thirty Rocky. Dusted me off. That was nice of him. I grabbed the turnip as we were leaving and going up into Thirty Rock, and I was chewing on it. And he said, yeah. "Well, here's the deal." Yeah. And he explained politics to me. That's good. You <laughs> need to hear it. Willie, from the I, kids. I still don't get it though. Like. <laughs> This guy's complaining because, you know, as the judge said, under any definition of rape, he raped a woman. Right. And then decided to defame her again. He just didn't have to be in court today. And so that's why he's going to court. Not, uh, Yesterday that, or today. That's not a Biden witch hunt. That's, that's Donald Trump's past finally catching up with him. But again, we can keep going over those I.O. results. But people in Iowa said, not only do they like their candidates, the judges say raped women, they're more likely to vote for their candidates mm -hmm. if judges say they raped I women wish we were and they stole nuclear secrets and they they gave away plans. Let let people on their own campaign yeah, it's actually hear, not a joke. hear top secret plans on America's plans to invade Iran. Uh. That's that's Iowa nice, baby. That's Iowa nice is defined in 2024. Republicans, again, in 2024, they like guys that like break the law and rape women. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna question his, you know, his intentions or anything like that, but I will say this. I don't understand why everyone is backing Nikki Haley, especially women. I remember when Hillary Clinton was running, there was a lot of talk about, I don't vote for someone just because she has a vagina. Well, last I checked, Nikki Haley has one too. And one what of the issues- What do you mean, last you checked? But are you, are you, I don't think, let me, let me just finish. So, um, 
and, and the thing is, Nikki Haley. Full of surprises, Nikki, you know. Nikki Haley has said that that she will sign a national ban, a, a federal ban for against abortion. That's right. Um, even though, and I think she's saying that to sort of talk about the uh, talk to the MAGA base. And the bottom line is, she knows I, that legislation won't pass. But the I haven't other heard thing, a single person thing. just real quick what? say they were supporting her because she's a woman. I don't. Yeah. We don't really do identity politics as much. Oh like, yes, you do. But well, the only, the I, only I don't. Thing, I've literally never said it's because she's a woman. The, I think the, she's the most qualified. But, but your party does. But the only they try, they. But they, has anyone they, said that about Nikki? They're voting yes. for Kate. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a point. Somebody's trying to make a point. I am. But I'm being interrupted constantly. Okay. I'm. The other. But I'd like to. Just talk about Tim Scott for a moment. Why? And how, <laughs> and how uncomfortable he looked behind Donald Trump and the cringe-worthy moment. He is up his um, body, um, but I, he's in the sunken place. Okay, I mean that's just the bottom line for 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 Tim Scott. What's so fascinating is you know he's running for vice president. He endorses Trump on a Friday and then gets engaged on a Saturday Hello. and announces his engagement on a Sunday because it's like pick me. I'm getting married this year and no other vice president has been unmarried, right? And has been successful. So it just screams, I want to be your vice president. Honestly, it's, it's disappointing as a non-Trump supporter to and see that. Iowan. And an I. Well, let me offer some color to this, though, to clarify this. It's disappointing <laughs> to see that come out of Iowa. But let me add a little perspective and, and context that's very important. Only 5% of the population of the state Caucuses. So when you see Iowa swept, or Trump swept Iowa, no, he did not. He 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 swept five percent of the population. Only thirteen percent of registered Republicans in the state of Iowa, thirteen percent of the party showed up. So although I am a proud Iowan and we love our caucus time because it makes you feel seen in a country where Iowa, we admittedly we lead simple lives. Like nobody's <laughs> checking on us. We're fine. We love the caucuses. We didn't earn it. We just get it historically. Uh -huh. It's important to know those numbers when you're reading headlines because the headlines don't give you context. These are small numbers, and it's very important to remember so that. So what did you say, 5%? 5% of the entire voting population in the state okay, showed this up. Okay, but this is what the 5% voted for. You voted for a guy who said, come, risk your lives for the grand wizard. Come in the snow and the sleet, because I am more important than your life. That's who the 5% voted for. <laughs> okay, so I understand you're putting it into context, and only 5 people percent of people showed up and I understand what you're saying at the population but Trump won 98 out of 99 Iowa counties that did vote and out of those he he lost the 99th by just one vote so the notion somehow that that is just not representative of Iowa, I think, is actually a little bit misleading because Iowa five percent of the population yeah, shows I think, up. I don't I, think that's representative I, in general. Iowa nominated I Barack Obama. Like I, I don't feel like you I, can. I think it is a little bit um, disingenuous to say that that five percent is not reflective of the rest of of, of Iowa. The, so I think we're all sitting here disgusted that they would vote for someone like yeah. this. Uh -huh. But I don't think that it is so outrageous that they did because, I mean, we could have figured that out without, without the... The woman who, who you're, you're referencing, the perception that it's over, I mean, w I feel like the media plays into that too when we sit here and we say, it's over. Yeah, or, you I know, if she can't win in New Hampshire, she can't win well, anywhere else. Well, she has made a convincing case that enough Republican, moderate, independent voters want someone else. There's an audience for her. If there weren't, she wouldn't have the money. She wouldn't have the, the, the runway. She wouldn't have the momentum. 
there's a, a buyer for Nikki Haley still. Just because we're telling her it's over, she's supposed to say to all of those buyers, sorry, I'm leaving. you got to choose. I'm going to be the Trump latest person to go now. kiss well, the I'm ring and take more. The, the threat, the kind of scorched earth we've seen yeah. from Trump, which was totally expected and completely telegraphed. But the idea, I think the <clears throat> truth, truth, is that, is that what we call it? We call it truth bombing. Truth, truth, right truth, truth bombing. Yeah. Truth bomb, yes, that's the proper terminology. <laughs> Anybody that makes a contribution to bird brain mm -hmm. from this moment forth will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. Mm -hmm. Hardball politics is not rare. Behind the scenes, people say, you know, we don't. If you donate to somebody, we're not going to help you. This, but this is just out in the open yeah. and full blown war. Yeah, and getting kicked out of the club, right? Um, the club has uh, currency. The club is important for the Republican Party. If you want a future in the Republican Party, and you don't want to be Adam Kinzinger or Liz Cheney looking in from the outside at some point, you want to stay in the club. However. Hmm. If you had principles, if you meant what you said, Tim Scott, when you said we could choose grievance or greatness, if you meant that, you could say, uh, listen, I'm not endorsing this. I think it's time to move on and kind of take your chances. No one wants to lose. No one wants to lose their job. And it's so craven and small, but that's where the Republican Party's at right now. Well, and maybe one of the only people that can sort of sidestep the great emasculation of the GOP by Donald <laughs> Trump is a woman. That's maybe, good. just maybe, Nikki Haley has more balls than the rest of them. Title of your next book, Essie. Our Republicans like their presidential candidates to be nuclear secret stealing rapist. Disney employees a little too giddy over DeSantis' departure. Trump primary wins equals a great emasculation of the GOP. Hostins, Grand Wizard Trump, kind of wisdom that only come from the women of the view. Yeah. Then we got Dean Obadiah. He did this uh, in 16. He did it in 20. If GOP Supreme Court bars Trump are ever holding office again, we can expect some GOP governors to threaten to use of their state national guard to force states to put Trump on the ballot. This is where we are heading. Mega's great threats is the Axis powers in World War II. Jesus fucking Christ, but yeah, but Hannity's wrong. Here's some other stupid shit. To place citizens sheltering Nasser Hospital shot. That's a 50 caliber. That bullet uh, is from the them. It's 51 millimeter Dishka. Dishka. So, of course, as we're in an election cycle, we then have the media having to overcompensate for Biden. So, here is uh, Union Boss tells Fox News great majority of his members will not vote for Biden. That's your offset, because here's PBS. Biden's objectively good week amid UAW endorsement, which he said that they won't vote. PBS press must tell voters Biden brings huge amount of wisdom to the job. Colbert sings and plays the bongos to hype Biden's economy. Oh, there's good news. There's, there's more good news for Biden. The economy is cooking right along. The Dow is north of 38,000 today. Wages are up. Unemployment below 4% for 23 months in a row. And today, the Commerce Department announced the economy grew at 3.3% rate in the last quarter. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's a little technical. But according to macroeconomic theory, number go up equal good. <laughs> now, is that right? Can you check my math? Can you check me? Can you check me on that? Exactly. Exactly. You, check, you, you, got, you got that? Okay. For all last year, 
bunch of people were predicting a recession, but instead, every economic indicator of Bidenomics is positive. But even though it looks like there's no recession and the economy looks good on paper, people feel like it's not bouncing back. And this bad feeling, the media has dubbed the vibe session. <laughs> and I get it, but thankfully, I have a foolproof way to bring the nation out of a vibe session. This is... Stephen Colbert's Vibe Session. What's cooking, my fiscal cats? <laughs> you out there counting your ducats? Let me brighten your economic outlook with my bongo sonic output. Hit it. <laughs> You're drowning in dough, but you don't feel it because it's not yet bread. <laughs> I'm talking that sweet pumpernickel, baby. Because I heard from a little bird that in 2023, the U.S. economy accelerated at a 2.5% annualized pace. And coal prices for personalized consumption expenditures rose just 2% in the fourth quarter. No wonder Janet's yelling. <laughs> So no need to go slow, Joe. The vibe session will be jazz-suscitated. And if the economy starts this cooking in November... We should also note, President Biden had an objectively good week. This week, there were more strong economic numbers. He got a big endorsement from the United Auto Workers Union. Um, he's really shifting into much more of a general election campaign mode. You've got key advisors like Jenna Malley Dillon and Mike Donilon, architects of his 2020 win now, shifting to the campaign from the White House. Are they in a more general election mode now? And what does that mean for the campaign? Uh, yes, they're in a general election mode now because it looks like um, Donald Trump will be the, the Republican presidential nominee. It is, I think, a fight that they are looking, very much looking forward to, to have. As we saw, I think it was New Hampshire primary night when the Biden campaign put out a statement um, slamming Donald Trump, but also slamming Nikki Haley, saying, you know, it doesn't matter. She basically, she's Trump light. She's, she supports all the things that he supports. So bring it on no matter which one comes out there. But I do think that the campaign shifting into general election mode now is the smart thing to do. And it's the necessary thing to do because we know with Donald Trump, he's constantly in campaign mode, whether he's sitting in the courtroom or standing on the sidewalk giving a press conference or actually on a stage in Iowa or New Hampshire. And I think the the sooner that the Biden campaign gets out there, um, the more that it will be on. I just think everyone needs to buckle up because... Who Trump idolizes? It's the strongmen of Europe. It's Erdogan in Turkey. It's Orban in Hungary. It's oh. Putin in Russia. And when he says strongman, or when he thinks of these strongmen, it's not a physical thing. It's about authoritarianism, right? And I wonder whether the voters who say they want a strongman know that. Because this the... is about democracy and but authoritarianism. But it very easy to elide two things, doesn't it? To be talking about authoritarianism yes. and then to sort of point to a man who's slightly stooped and go, you won't get strength from him. The number here that people are actually looking at that is leaving people jaw-dropped mm -hmm. is the 66% of Iowan voters who believe Donald Trump's lie, that they have been convinced that Donald Trump is the right president of this time and that his questioning of the legitimacy of Joe Biden is something that he's taken to Iowa. 
So I think all the reporting that we do should come actually from that prison, that he is an election denier, that he has managed to convince people of the lies that he's been telling for the last three and a half years, that he's using his 91 indictments as a fundraising tool. And I don't think that any of us can be covering your election, the American elections, without actually starting from that place. Mm -hmm. If that is not a sort of a black cloud across your forehead of everything that you're saying on air, of everything that you're writing and thinking about, then we're not doing our jobs properly. He's also been a big proponent, Sean, as you know, far better than I, uh, for EVs, electric vehicles. Uh, many automakers have said this has sort of been the bane of their existence, that uh, the, the market just isn't there to support the, what they call the heavy hand of government to force the issue. Sure enough, we learned just a few minutes ago, Sean, after the, the, the bell ended for the day, that Tesla shares are falling after the, the, the car maker forecasts slower growth because of, of weak, you know, EV sales or weaker than expected. Um, do you think that's a problem for the automakers? You did, you're quite right, you, you scored this historic and very generous uh, labor package for your members, but that it's imperiled by this industry push for EVs. Um, look, you know, we have to have an environment we can all live in where we can breathe clean air and, uh, you know, have clean water. Um, you know, the UAW has always led the way in environmental concerns, going back to our founding. And, you know, wherever the industry goes, we're going to be a part of it. Um, our workers are going to be a part of it. We're going to fight for those jobs, and we're going to fight for it to be a just transition where it pays good wages, good benefits, so that people can afford to live off that job. Do and, you think it's being pushed you know, too quickly, though? I guess that's what I'm asking, that it comes well, I mean, with the president yeah. doing so. But he has to juggle, I understand, you know, the wishes of environmentalists, and you're an environmentally concerned union chief, I get that, but that too much so, and it, 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 it could hurt your members going forward, especially if these sales just languish. Well, I mean, uh, you know, look, we still make ICE engines and ICE vehicles, and we're in both markets, and, uh, you know, however this goes, uh, we're going to protect our workers. But, you know, um, you know, being concerned about, uh, you know, there's infrastructure that has to be put in place still. I mean, you know, all those things are being worked. I mean, as far as the timetable goes, I mean, you know, you know, adjustments may have to be made. I mean, businesses always make adjustments when they launch new plants or create new businesses. Uh, they have a deadline target, and a lot of times those get moved. So, you know, it's just going to be a matter of, how things develop and how the market goes. You know, there's always a dichotomy. I mean, the union membership in the past was very strong for Ronald Reagan in both elections. Uh, George Bush Sr. benefited uh, from the union vote. Uh, many of your own members now, Sean, are, are very big Trump supporters. I don't know the breakdown. You know that part better than I. <laughs> but that a good many of them are at Trump rallies and are MAGA enthusiasts. How do you feel about that? Look, every that's what makes this country, you know, a beacon for other countries. You know, it's, it's democracy in action. Um, look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them, and they're going to vote for a president. When you look at these two presidents, the choice is very clear about which one stands up with the working class and stands up for labor and which one stands for the billionaire class, and that's his base. We shall watch very closely. Sean Fain, thank you very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yep, same old, same old. We're going to build him up because we believe he is better than Chuckles. And 
You know, I, I just can't. Stinky situation. Plane got turned around because of uh, farting. thought that was kind of funny. U.S. think tank, U.S. Air Force, very weak. And that's 100% true because we are very weak. Um, we're not the same Air Force we used to be. PBS tries to fail to mansplain Barbie Oscar sexism to Washington Post movie critic. NBC Latino jobs cut of Hispanic journalists at the LA Times and other newsrooms raised worries of fewer watchdogs calling out misinformation and fake content amid or aimed at Latinos. So now it's a problem because it's Latinos. You know, the same thing happened last night. Some scumbags put um, IT naked photos of Taylor Swift online. I only heard about this because it was all over social media that uh, Time had, or not Time, but X had blocked them. Like you couldn't search them while they tried to get the accounts and take them offline, which they should because it's fucked up. A bunch of goddamn perverts. But the thing that came up from that, which is kind of sad, is that what about normal women? Why don't we do that for normal women? Why don't we stop these things from happening. A normal woman should have to go through that either. It shouldn't be Taylor Swift. It should be any AI porn shouldn't be on social media. That's just not the way it should be. Any revenge porn or any of that stuff. Um, we got to get to a point where we start treating everybody the same because we don't. Elites get one technique, everybody don't. And I know why they did it because... Taylor Swift's a billionaire, so she'll fucking sue the shit out of him. Um, and she should for letting it go. But it should be everyone. Once again, not a dig at Taylor Swift. It's a dig at the system. The system shouldn't allow that to happen. And this AI stuff is out of control. Now, I didn't see any of the pictures, but I've seen AI porn pictures come up on searches. And it's pretty fucked up. It, it shouldn't be happening. So, going to do uh, a really interesting one by uh, the Daily Wire and Town Hall. Not the Daily Wire. Um, my brain is not functioning right now. Sorry. Um, twitchy and town hall and this is 30 hours on the border with biden's border policies now when they were building this wall they left this hole open so that they could move big earth movers through there because they wouldn't fit through the gate Every night there's people running through his establishment. They close early here. Uh, he comes in in the morning to check on it and there's people in his in his bar. You know, the federal government let this poor guy down. I mean, they made this whole big beautiful wall from end to end and then they left it open right behind his property. So anything that's gonna come through is gonna funnel right through his property. And it's a shame that that, that hasn't been corrected. This fence line here, it's a, a private property. I believe it's owned by the Catholic Church. and um, You see their fence, there's certain parts of it where there's big gaping holes in there. People cross the river less than half a mile from here. They'll go through this, this brush line 
and they get picked up somewhere along this, uh, this fence line. Once they come through here and get in a vehicle, they're gone. It's a 55,000 square foot facility. Uh, usually the uh, family units or unaccompanied children are housed here. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty big facility, obviously 55,000 square feet. Um, it, it's set up with shower points. Um, initially, Border Patrol, we've always been a, a short-term holding facility, but when all this started steamrolling on us, we had to create a facility like this one. Um, so there are shower points, there are places to, to get your clothes washed and uh, medical facilities in there, uh, you know, place where they can get food. And so it's set up pretty good. Um, you know, obviously nobody wants to be in, in a jail. Um, and, you know, but we have to hold these folks somewhere, you know, and the, the facility for the kids are, they're pretty wide open spaces. There's TVs, there's um, the recreation areas, there's beds for them. So, I mean, all things considered, if, if you have to be in a, you know, detention area, this is, you know, not a bad place. 22 people, uh, one of them's a single adult male. The rest of them are either family units or unaccompanied children. I believe there's four unaccompanied children ranging in age from seven to eleven um, there's also a family unit one of them has a, a little boy the countries are Venezuela Nicaragua and uh, Ecuador they're gonna start the processing process of doing the intake sheet their names their biographical information and then they'll um, uh, all the families and the kids will go to one location the adult male will go to another location and they'll start their processing all of them are claiming asylum as of now so most likely they'll all be released in the I, I don't think a day goes by that, that I catch somebody and, and somebody doesn't claim asylum. Everybody claims asylum. Um, uh, you know, the asylum process, process is there for a reason. However, uh, they're, they're abusing this or using it as a loophole and, and we're allowing it. I mean, they're just letting people take advantage of, of the process and you let nothing to close the, 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 the gaping holes in the system. They'll, they'll, just, they'll just come out and say it. They, they're, they're seeking asylum. Even if they speak no, no, even if they know no English, they, they know the word asylum. They don't want us to be asylum officers. Why? Because it would be effective. But they don't want us doing that. Okay. Well, have your asylum officers come down here. Oh, we can't do that either. Okay. So in the meantime, we're going to wait five years for you to even start the process of vetting them, as opposed to putting that on the front end, sending people back immediately if they do not qualify or they have no chance of qualifying. If you started with like we did then, mandatory detention, mandatory removal, it will stop, it will stop tomorrow. If you look at how the state of Texas is saying, hey, if the federal government's not gonna enforce these laws, we will. Well, if you enforce them, we're gonna sue you. It's like suing a guy who broke your rib, giving you the Heimlich maneuver. It doesn't make any sense, and that's what we're dealing with. All right, so this brings us to our last one. We're going to light our uh, woke section. This is McFarland with Mar talking about trust in media, which will bring us straight into our uh, frickin' woke, and the woke will start with CNN. I can get the Moms for Liddy Liberty is waning because they're not waning, but that's what they want to say because they think they're bad influence. And... First of all, I have no idea what what these outlets gain by allowing comments on their uh, on their sites. It's like this reporter took the time to research this, to fact check it, oversight from an editor, and if they got it wrong, then they have to print a retraction. Um, what if it's just slanted? What if it's wrong? What? But what if it's just slanted? What if it's not wrong? It's just slanted, that, and that's that, what somebody's pointing out in the column. 
Well, then write they, a letter to the editor. Do your research and formulate your argument uh, but, that's like, but that that appears a week later. So what? Well, so, so because but then I've forgotten it or I don't but see. But it's that. like there's there's this there's this this thing we take for granted now that the the journalist who did the work gets to have their. Uh, uh, piece put on the same shelf as everyone else's spur of the moment bullshit. You seem to trust journalists more than I do. I trust certain journalists, yeah. Yeah, I do. I, certain ones I do. Yeah. Not a lot. And Not a lot? I, no. And I'm, everything I read, whatever source, it's only half the truth. They print, they print the narrative. They don't print truth. That's a they, generalization, though. Well, it, it is, because really? it's, it's generally true. They print the side of the story. By the way, that's they exactly print... what Donald Trump wants. What they... you just said is exactly what he wants. I, it doesn't matter. Don't trust, don't trust the reporters. Okay. Don't trust the journalists. Well, Hitler was a vegetarian. Doesn't mean I'm like Donald <laughs> Trump. Uh, it, but, the, but they print the half that they want. They're, that is going to make people like you, who are a partisan, very partisan, you want to read something that, oh, I, that, that makes me feel good. Like I read because... John Bolton's book, for fuck's sake. I'm not partisan. <laughs> I slogged through uh, that thing. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You have my I, condolences. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't know, I don't oh, know why God. you would do that. But I, I, Bill, I think this okay. is the most cross-cutting challenge we have at all, which, overall, which is... People simply don't get their information from the same place. They tune into the news they want right. to hear to reinforce the views they already have. They have social media algorithms queue up what they want to see. They're in the audience stroking business. That's they what are. the media they does. Are. That's what they are. To right. some extent, that's true. But I don't. Th I think to generalize. The Turn it up. Turn it on. Whether Joe Biden believes this madness or is simply too weak to resist it, his administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. The choice is between normal or crazy. She and others say what Moms for Liberty do care about is control. The first deal was with the masking, and Moms for Liberty didn't want the kids to be able to wear masks. Virginia Hamilton was a public school teacher for 31 years. She joined the group Stop Moms for Liberty because she feels Moms for Liberty isn't about liberty at all. Then it went further. It went into next the book banning. Now, um, Moms for Liberty is pushing for curriculum changes. But now, amid a slew of recent salacious news stories featuring the conservative group, including a sex scandal involving the husband of co-founder Bridget Ziegler, some say the group's influence is waning. People are seeing, you know, news cycle after news cycle, the hypocrisy of the things that they advocate for and they say they stand for. Moms for Liberty insist none of that is hurting their cause. I think that um, that was a very sens sensational headline uh, that went around the world very quickly. Um, that's not, you know, who Moms for Liberty is. We stay focused on defending parental rights. But the numbers tell a different story. According to Moms for Liberty, in 2022, 55% of the 500 candidates the group endorsed won their race for school board. While in 2023, only 43% of 202 endorsed candidates won seats. They insist they're not losing traction to say it's waning i think that's ridiculous we are just doing the work despite their insistence they're not losing ground the conservative group has recently tried expanding into more liberal states just last week holding a town hall meeting in new york city which was met by a protest from local parents 
Back in Florida, educators like Jenkins and Hamilton both happy the group's influence seems to be waning, are still worried about the long-term effects of what the group started. They infiltrated that state legislature. Those laws are not going to just go away because Moms for Liberty goes away. We want the teachers to feel like they can teach again, and it's, it was all taken away. We counted a single Moms for Liberty supporter at a school board uh, hearing here in uh, Brevard County earlier this week, where board members were thinking about a number of issues, including whether to remove two books that had been challenged. Now, after board members heard from a number of Stop Moms for Liberty supporters, the board decided to keep the books in the classroom. Phil and Poppy? It's a great piece. Carlos, thank you. Yeah, really was. So I put this in the woke section because it's coming back on them. And these are all the people that are dogging uh, Israel. And it's hitting them back. I'm going to let it roll straight into this foreigner who's Ireland, who her whole shtick is Ireland culture sucks. And she came there avoiding shit from Syria, I'm assuming, or Libya. And this is how she treats her host country. The National Anti-Corruption Commission head, Paul Brereton, Nick, we haven't heard a lot from him. We know it started on the 1st of July. He has said that he's going to really look closely, though, at contractors who want to use uh, taxpayer funds as a quick way to make money. We saw all of this, uh, you and I well know, during the Pink Bats fiasco, but I also think it's a feature of the NDIS too. Yeah, well, I think you're right, Peter. And, and look, we know people that just move from one business to the next, whatever the government's subsidising, it'll be in that business, whether it's pink bats, whether it was laying... Renewables too, Nick. Renewables. Renewables, exactly. Uh, you know, that, that is the safest business to be in, right? Because you've got somebody who you know will pay you from taxpayers' money. I agree with you. I have some personal experience uh, through, through a family member of NDIS, and I can see the wastage. Everybody involved in the, in the sector, by the way, knows this. It's, it's the dirty little secret that nobody in the sector really wants to talk about. Uh, and, and this has to be reined in. We can't get to a situation where it's costing us $100 billion a year. What, what's that, about twice as much as we spend on hospitals, for instance? It, it, it is, it is mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. feasible to do that. And I don't think the government's trying to do something around autism, but I think it's just tinkering around the edges as far as I can see looking at the system. Yeah, it's double Medicare. It'll be uh, about the same as defence and... Uh... It's just not sustainable. Let's go to Victoria. John, Victorian taxpayers are still shelling out millions, even though we're five months on from the Com Games being scrapped. All of these staff, as I understand today, uh, will continue to be paid for months and months and months. They're calling it gardening leave. It's a joke. Well, this is the condition of Victoria at the moment. And if you're Victoria, uh, you're seeing what is happening under a Labor government. And this is yet another example of the waste and mismanagement that we're suffering from here in Melbourne. And that explains why a day ago we discovered that the living standards of Victorians have fallen faster and further than those living in any other state. If you are suffering under a Labor government, you are losing here in Victoria 
And this is yet another example of what we're uh, experiencing. But mate, it's not going to change unless those Liberals lift their game and give people something to vote for. Before we go, Nick, news from Hollywood. The star Susan Sarandon has been dropped by her agency after she said frightened Jews are, quote, getting a taste of how it feels to be a Muslim in America at a big pro-Palestinian protest in New York. I mean, this is shocking. I found that particular outburst particularly shocking. You expect a little bit better from people in the public eye like that. But it just shows, doesn't it, how, how far, Peter, this delusion has gone and people have opted just for this easy cartoon narrative, Palestinians good, Israelis bad, Palestinians oppressed, Israelis oppressed, oppressors. I mean, this is just a travesty uh, of what is actually occurring if you've read the history. A person looks at you and then he, they'll give you that some stereotype joke and you'll be like, like, it's not a joke. It's something serious that you shouldn't be saying and everything. But then you'll get, oh, but we're Irish. We like to joke around. We like to have make a, a laugh out of something. And that needs to change within the Irish community. As much as I am Irish, that's the one thing that it kind of annoys me. There are parts of London and Ireland where there's stabbing jones zones and rape zones and all sorts of fucked up shit zones so for this person to say that it's just like i mean wake the fuck up and the anti-israel stuff what did you think was going to happen you you can't go on these long fucking diatribes from the river to the sea you just can't Extremely graphic, this book called Let's Talk About It is uh, available to middle school kids at OCFSD. The book teaches kids about how to masturbate, encourage watching porn, and contains graphic depiction of sex. This is what they're giving 11-year-olds to read in schools. Look at the pictures. Debunk. Why, why do we have to show middle schoolers butt-fucking and fucking girls and what a vagina is, how to have oral sex. Why are... Why, what... what it, let me zoom that in. What is it saying? Oh, for the love of God and everything holy. Is that saying tug on your balls? Don't tell me it's not saying that. Uh, I got to go to the picture. I just saw something. I cannot believe... Is that real? Trying to, well, I hate when they change everything. Here we go. Tug or squeeze on your balls. If you have foreskin, play with it. Slip a wet finger between it and the gland. You know, I, I am a male, so I'm going to say this, and I don't want to make anybody vomit in their mouth. Nobody had to teach me how to jerk off. It was just like a duck swimming. So we don't need the little kids. Little boys from the age of five up are touching their wiener, regardless if you want them to or not. So they don't need a block of instruction on that. I'm sure women do, because most girls don't do stuff like that, and they probably do need to know how to manipulate their self so that they can have orgasms with males. It is an important step. I get it. But... Why are, what, fuck, shit, why? And this is on the, the gossip 
file dirt diary series. What are computer networks and the internet? Let's talk about sex. When you search for books, that's what you find. I don't know. So, on the heels of that, we have this thing, which is Animaniacs. Received this from a mom with two young kids. It's a clip from the show Animaniacs released on Hulu and Disney-owned company. It's a reboot of the 93 version, except with subtle LGBTQ indoctrination. They mention gender-neutral pronouns and call anyone who opposes it a troll. Why do they need to do this all the time? I don't understand this. I, I really don't understand. It really, really, really bothers me. And I don't understand this. This man and his wife coached school sports for 25 years in Oregon. They resigned this week because woke school policies demand males be able to play in female sports. He says he will not lie to kids and encourage others to speak up. Um, here's another one that I'll put with it. She got fired where do we draw? I'm a PE teacher. Oversee a locker room. I'll not be allowing biological biological males. And this is on the same thread. Hi, Dave Brown from Stan Tall. Last night, uh, my wife and I resigned our uh, head coaching positions for varsity and JV girls tennis at our high school we were at. For the last 25 years, I've coached uh, varsity basketball, varsity tennis. Coached in over 1,090 games, won 667 and lost 423. Have had a lot of success, but I finally reached the point where I had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis. And the reason we did is we're just not gonna support boys playing girls sports. This is wrong on every level. These are not girls, they're boys saying they're a girl. They're playing a fall sport, come back and play a girl sport and go back to playing a boy sport. All I have to do is change the paperwork at the district office. I'm not gonna support it. I'm never gonna lie to a kid. I'm gonna support my wife who was a pioneer in Title IX. And every other girl that's come along now expects every adult to do the right thing and protect them. We're not protecting girls now. K through 12 and women's sports. We're allowing men or boys to play in these sports. It's dangerous, it's wrong. We have boys in the locker rooms watching girls go through their get ready for practice or a match or a, a game. How wrong is that for a girl to have to endure something like that? What we would have called five or six years ago somebody going to jail is now acceptable in high schools and middle schools. This is absolutely wrong when a girl has to fear this, but she can't say anything. And if you're in a public school, at least in Oregon, you can't say anything or you will be ostracized, you will be put down, you will be shamed and you just don't have a voice. People can't stand up and, and say anything, but I will. I'm gonna say this is wrong on every level. You should contact every school board uh, member that you have in your area and say there's no way we're doing this. Contact administrators, but say it, and say it strong. 
Just do it. At the end of it, they go, is there anything else you cannot do because of your faith? And I said, yes, I'm in a unique position. I'm a PE teacher. I oversee a locker room. I will not be allowing biological males into the female locker room. And they said, we have a whole other issue then because you have to. That would be discrimination if you didn't. I just couldn't believe it. Where do we draw the line? Because it doesn't seem like there is a line. It doesn't seem like anyone's caring to draw one. If they're not going to draw the line, I am. I'm not going to allow myself to be put in a position where I could really end up in some serious trouble just for the sake of obeying their policies. And two, how would parents feel knowing that there's potentially biological males now being allowed to enter their daughter's private changing space at school? I don't think the majority of parents would be happy with that or allow that. But the problem is they don't know. It's just sad, man. These teachers are spending, and you got to understand, these are liberals. This is Oregon for fuck's sake, man. When I was in Oregon as a kid, I know it's ages ago, man, when we went through war stuff and you learn World War II, Vietnam, stuff like that, we had war protesters coming. I had somebody yell at me, a child, I was a junior or senior, because I had a crew cut. And we had gone through this thing where everybody's, you know, picking their colleges. And I had some small scholarship offers for uh, wrestling, but I realized it wasn't enough money. And I said, screw this. I'm going to um, I'm gonna go in the Army. I'm going to serve. And then I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to take that. And from there, I'll freaking figure out what I want to do. And I'm going to go to college. So I told my friends... If I do sign up, because they knew I'd taken the ASVAB and I was thinking about it, and everybody's trying to talk me into walking on and playing someplace of football, but I wasn't good enough at football to play in college. Um, I said I'd get a crew cut, so I got a crew cut. And it just happened to be this was the week that we were doing all this stuff. So we had Vietnam, and one of my coaches got up there, and he told this harrowing story of jumping out of a helicopter because they couldn't land it which is common in Vietnam. If it got on the ground, it was getting RPG'd. And um, when he hit the ground, he was the only person alive out of six or seven dudes on the helicopter. And that was scary as fuck. I remember looking at that picture just, or that uh, conversation and kind of getting scared because I was a kid and I was about to go in the army. I mean, there were no wars going on, but I'm thinking, Jesus, I didn't think I was going to do that. Well, the next day they bring in this war protester and she goes apeshit crazy, does everything shy of calling me a baby killer, which once again, she was too young to be v Vietnam era because I was going to join the military. I was a piece of garbage. And I remember standing up and defending myself and going, this is a great country and I want to be part of it so I think I deserve I have to serve like everybody else in my family but I'm not a baby killer because I want to go serve in the goddamn military and the actual group applauded um, most kids were not joining the military I went to a rich kids school I was on the poor side of the district so poor kids went I mean we had people that owned Leopold gun sites solo flex actually dated that girl for a week she dumped me um. yeah it was a popular thing but I was doing it and I'm a crew cut because I said I'd do it I just got dumped by my girlfriend so I really didn't care about girls and I was going to take a summer off and say fuck everything and maybe become a monk who knows um, but that was just normal Oregon 
I don't even want to know what they're teaching in classes now. I, I don't want to know. I really don't. It, it's probably pretty fucking bad. But if that guy got da boot, well, think about all the other ones that we don't know about. They got just fired because they don't tow every fucking level of the wokeness. And that's where they're at now. I mean, people say conservatives are shit shit fucked up, and, and they are. The whole, let's be honest, the mega people remind me of Swifties. It reminds me of... Uh, all the fucking Obama people, all of them remind me of each other. It's a cult. They 100% are part of a cult. And you never, ever, ever, ever talk against whatever the cult's saying this week. And for lefties, it's really hard. I mean, how do you keep up with all that shit? I mean, it's all the time it's changing. Always. Um, so... I feel for them because at one time these people were good liberals and they were brought into the pack and they were great people and now they're douchebags. Um, which brings me up to this. This is dangerous right here. Uh, I saw this on Reddit. It came up because I was looking up um, Elon Musk. Because remember, if you remember back a couple months ago, um, there was a whole thing about uh, how people were following his flight and they didn't want it. Uh, followed and blah, 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 blah. Well, that's Taylor Swift. Somebody tracks when she takes off and when she lands in her Falcon 7. I think that's dangerous. I don't think people should be able to do this. I don't give a fuck who it is. Whether you like the person, you don't like the person, none of that really matters. It should be illegal to track it because everything from lazing to God knows what else could happen to a pilot and these people get killed. So why are we let, why do we allow that? Why is that okay? Yeah, I get it. People don't like rich people flying and there's a whole thing about every celebrity is a piece of garbage cuz they fly jets. You know, get the fuck out of here. Can any of these people literally fly coach? Do you think that could ever happen? Do you think Justin Timberlake, uh Jesus Christ, even Sleep Token which aren't huge bands, and Justin Timberlake's doing a comeback, so he's not the same Justin Timberlake as before. I didn't like his songs last night. I hurt my feelings because I like them. Do you think they could get in coach? They can't fly normal. They can't fly, f- fly first class. If they did, they'd have to either load first or load last, and you'd be waiting, and then you'd be bitching about that. So all this, they're all carbon hogs and all this shit I'm reading, especially on Reddit which is just insane about how all these cultists are now going after everybody because they fly private jets. Let me tell you, if I won, say I had to write a book and they gave me $20 million, the first thing I'd buy is a jet. That's right, I'd buy a jet. I'd rent a fucking pilot. I would never fly fucking commercial again. It is horrible. Nobody likes flying commercial. Nobody, if you're a frequent flyer like I was, where I was flying all over the country for 11 years, I fucking despised it. I despised it. I I did all the research in the world just so I could figure out what do stewardists, or stewards, whatever, the the late stewardesses, 
Yeah, it's stewardesses. What what suitcase do they use so it's always carry-on approved on every fucking flight? And I found it. It was a nice Samsonite. And if I packed like I was in the Army and it was a rucksack, I could take a week's full of shit and put it in there, including my laptop, personal and professional, because I didn't like them knowing what I was talking about because it was political at the time. And they tracked everything you did. So I wanted my personal laptop. So I found the carry-on bag and an approved <clears throat> backpack that fit everywhere. And I brought all my shit with me so I didn't have to go through baggage claim or what happened to me numerous times, my shit got lost. And then when you're flying com- flying commercial through a company, for fuck's sake, they're giving you freaking Southwest and shit. I would do the $50 upgrade out of pocket just to be in group A, but even with group A, you had to fight for seats and fight for overheads. And how many times have you been there and you just brought your overhead and there's no place to put it because you had a connection. So your shit's going underneath and all that work was for nothing. So yeah, the latest woke shit about canceling people because they fly private jets. Shut the fuck up. You would fly private jets if you can afford it. Wheels up. If I was a rich motherfucker and I wasn't rich enough to own my own plane, well, damn it, I'd be wheels up in it like a motherfucker. I would pay for a plane just by myself to fly me wherever. Wouldn't fucking care. You can kiss my white ass. I'm not going through the cattle call. I'm not going through TSA. I'm not going through all the fucking hassle. I'm going to get on my motherfucking private jack. And I'm going to fucking fly to wherever I have to go. Guaranteed fucking tea. Don't care if I'm killing the planet. I don't give a shit. It's too much of a fucking hassle. But that's the latest thing. That is not about where she's going. This is about she uses private jets. So she's a piece of shit because she's a billionaire. She is a person that can't get on a fucking airplane. There's no way she can get on an airplane. People lose their fucking minds. People are paying $3,000 to watch her sing for fuck's sake. What do you think? Do you think the Beatles could have got on? And she's the Beatles. So none of those bands do that shit. None of your professional people do that. That's why NFL teams have planes. You think an NFL team could charter or go onto a regular airplane and fly like you and I? They'd never get on the plane. And if they did, we'd all be bitching because it would take so long after people asked for autographs for them to get on, you'd be late, you miss your connection. So shut the fuck up. All right. Thanks to YouTube, I found a whole bunch of new weirdos. James Smiling and... I bookmarked some other, so let me pause. I'm going to get, I, I got a bunch of James smiling, but let me get the latest We Want to Be Dylan Mulvaney's and discuss that. Estrogen update coming to you from my mom's bathroom in my childhood home, which somehow feels correct. Earlier this year, I told you that I was microdosing estrogen. So these are some of the things that I've experienced. You might have a different one, but this is mine. My skin is definitely softer, especially around my face, and I have to use lotion now. My body hair growth is also slower, and so is my facial hair growth, but that's, you know, as you can see, I just shaved, and you can still see the shadow, so it's not like it's gonna go away completely. I'm beginning to see some fat redistribution in my body, so like as I'm sitting on this stool, it's not just like my butt bones. There's like a little padding there for the first time in my life. Definitely some breast tissue tenderness and some tissue growth, which I am kind of liking. <laughs> 
I'm way more tired. The estrogen fatigue is real. I'm getting gendered more often as a woman in public, but I really think that has more to do with how passing privilege is so deeply connected to white privilege and thin privilege than it is like my few months on estrogen, you know? I also heard people say that you cry more on estrogen and I don't feel like that's true. I, I always cry to everything, so that's not necessarily new, but what is new is the amount that I'm crying. This is a photo of me after I watched the season finale of Queen Charlotte. <laughs> and I just, um, I was a mess. I couldn't stop crying. So it's not that I cry more. It's that when I start, there's like way more tears. It's like a full freaking snot production. Then I get a headache and then I'm sad. And then I have to like hydrate more. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> I think most importantly though, is that my brain finally feels like my brain. I didn't realize how much was missing until it felt like, you know, these little estrogen pills were just cleaning off the fog on the glasses inside my head. And now I feel like my dysphoria has been largely mitigated. I, the suicidality has drastically decreased and I feel much more like myself. And that's a kind of peace that I, I wish everybody could feel. And that's why we have to continue fighting anti-trans legislation at every level. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Yes, I have a strong opinion on what's happening to Jewish women and girls and what reports have been about what's happening to Israeli women and girls. I have a very strong, unwavering opinion on sexual violence. And if you listen to that first video, I named it right at the beginning. And I'm not going to repeat myself. But what I do want to talk about is why you're asking this question, because it's deeper than just sexual violence. Anytime somebody legitimizes what's happening to Palestinians during this genocide, somebody in the comments goes, but what about? And they Trojan horse Jewish people, often in the diaspora, saying, but what about them? And I'll save you a bunch of theory and a bunch of text and hundreds of hours worth of videos by saying that rarely will you ever find somebody educated on the racialization of genocide that isn't also against anti-Semitism in every form. But people ask this question because unless they hear you say it, they're not able to synthesize your politics because they haven't developed their own. But people ask this question because they have never heard radical progressive abolitionist theory applied to anybody outside white people, Americans, or the most privileged, which is why it's crucial that we continue to center Palestinians. When I say I'm against sexual violence for Palestinians, that means I'm against sexual violence for everyone. And you know that. When I say that I'm against violence against marginalized people, in this case, Palestinians, that includes Jews. In discussions of race, when we say that we center black people. Hi, I'm James. I'm a Cifluencer. And today we are talking about this little blue pill called Doxypep. Rates of STIs like syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea have gone up over the past two decades. And now some public health officials are recommending using doxycycline after any sort of barrier-free or condomless sexual encounter to help reduce your risk of contracting STIs. Doxycycline is an antibiotic that's used to treat STIs like chlamydia or syphilis, gonorrhea. And if you're on doxypep, that means that you take a double dosage of doxycycline within 24 to 72 hours after you have any sort of barrier-free condomless sexual encounter, which has been proven to help reduce your risk of contracting STIs by 60%. And if you don't believe me, here is the San Francisco AIDS Foundation saying the exact same thing. And while this is a significant and exciting discovery, we are still learning about how much doxypep affects antibiotic resistance, which is a growing concern around STIs. So I talked to my doctor about this because I was like, hey, am I a good candidate for doxypep or am I at risk of becoming, you know, resistant to these antibiotics? And he said, as long as I get tested regularly and I know my testing status before taking doxypep, then I'm much less likely to develop any sort of antibiotic resistance. And basically, if somebody's unknowingly positive for an STI and then they take doxypep, they're introducing a small dosage of the antibiotic to their body as opposed to taking the full course of the antibiotic, which is what's needed to treat that STI. And so introducing that small dosage is what can build of antibiotic resistance over time. But if you're somebody who gets tested regularly at like your local health center, Planned Parenthood, etc., and you know that you're going to be having potentially 
condomless or barrier-free encounters, then maybe you'd be a good candidate for this to curb your risk of contracting an STI. So now you have something to talk to your doctor about. I just really believe that there's no shame in talking about this. And I think that the more information we have, then the more educated decisions that we can make in regards to our sexual health. And I care about you and I want you to be as informed as possible. So that's the- <gasps> A trans woman at a restaurant? What is she eating? Oh, a shrimp cocktail? Oh, that looks like it's on the bay in San Francisco. And it looks like it's really tasty. Okay, now what is she sprinkling? Oh, oh, volcanic, volcanic rock salt on Acme bread? <gasps> oh my gosh, what is that? Transgender people eat food like that? Dang, okay. Looks like a medium cooked steak, a filet mignon dipped in horseradish cream sauce? Get it, girl? That looks so good. Look at that view. Oh, what? Ooh. I'm dating someone who turned their cake pops into a donut. This donut is breaking, but you get it. She's about six months out from surgery and she's at the point where she can comfortably serve her donut. And the process of figuring things out has been a lot of fun for both of us. Her donut can feel a pretty wide range of sensations, but it'll be a few more months before she can cross the finish line. But even now, her donut looks and feels incredible. You'd have a tough time knowing it was ever a cake pop to begin with. I can also confirm that the donut does self-glaze, though sometimes... Basically, we now have a bunch of Dylan Mulvaney's because they all get money from these companies who think this is going to help their marketing. Um, in order, we have uh, James is smiling. And he started out weak, didn't get as much stuff, but now he's getting free stuff. And then he's talking about Doxy, which I'm allergic to. That shit almost killed me. Um, 
which I'm assuming from it is that, you know, he's got an STI because he's fucking around. Lily Tino we have seen before because Lily Tino was the one that went up and down and made people feel horrible because they misgendered because they didn't mean to because he didn't correct it, then he corrected it. And then Vicious Doll is the last one. And that one is, man, that... I don't know if he's post-op, pre, not being mean. I'll call people whatever they want. But when I'm a far from person, I I believe in the... You either have a penis or you don't. So if you don't have a penis and you go all the way, you're a girl. If you have a penis, you're still a dude. And I do kind of have strong feelings on whether you should be able to go in the bathroom with young girls. I have feelings about that because I was a father and because I read a lot of stories about women getting sexually assaulted and picture taken. It's it's happening even though the media doesn't cover it. And of course, people go, it's on Fox News. No, it's real. It's happening. It's so bad. There's even people on TikTok doing stories about people on TikTok. This one specifically, Lena This popular trans TikToker named Lily Tino is currently getting canceled on the platform. In a recent video, Lily boldly claimed that Kurt Cobain must have been transgender because he liked to wear dresses and was also more in touch with his feminine side. People then started to call Lily a hypocrite because Lily often goes to restaurants and gets super, super upset when misgendered. Lily also allegedly harasses restaurant employees while asking viewers for hundreds of dollars so that they could pay for the meal. This one Redditor who wrote, Just now, as I was watching the live, she asked a server a million and one questions about a dressing that had oregano in it because she didn't like oregano, then proceeds to ask if he can bring out a little sample of it for her to try. Every time her lives pops up, she is at a restaurant complaining or critiquing something. It's the cockiness and arrogance that she gives off that I really don't like. The backlash has gotten so bad that if you look to the right, you can see that it has 11.9 thousand likes on the video, but the comment section is close to 30,000. It's gotten so bad that even Voices for the LGBTQ community has critiqued and condemned Lily's actions. A lot of them feel that it's so disrespectful for Lily to just go ahead and place a label on a feminine man that has passed away who can't even speak up for himself. Others have stated that they're just sick and tired of the content that Lily makes. And it appears that Lily is aware of the care and like tendencies because in one video, Lily admitted, I'm not always the easiest customers and also they deserve it because they're servers. I'm not always the easiest and also they deserve it because they're servers. Does that mean they're below you? Does that mean they deserve to be mistreated or disrespected? As a result, Lily has lost thousands of followers in just the past two days. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. It is all brainwashing. It's all by design. That guy has to, uh, he's got about 15 fucking videos on turning a penis into a vagina and a vagina into a penis. Once again, not a cult. We're not trying to turn your kids. Hmm. So let's go into uh, lighter fare. We're going to have a Freedom Tunes fixing lefty memes and three shorts from Black Rifle Coffee of helicopters and squad life fires. I just have been dreaming so much lately. Um, I'll admit it. I dream I meet Taylor Swift in our coffee shop and we just have coffee. I don't know why. She never talked to me in a million years, but I always sit and have coffee with her. It's really bizarre. And then I've been getting out of the coffee shop and flying around in a helicopter. But I'm flying the helicopter, which I don't understand why I'm doing it. There's nobody with me, just me. And I fly every night. That's my dream. I don't know why. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Ask the therapist. 
said the Taylor Swift stuff because there's so much Taylor Swift stuff that's just getting in my head. And since it isn't sexual, you're not doing anything wrong. Who cares? Have a cup of coffee with her. So I, I stopped fighting that like I'm some pervert, like the put the lotion in the basket guy from Silence of the Lambs. That's what I felt like. She's young. I shouldn't be thinking about young women, but it, it just happens. She's really nice to me. We have a cup of coffee. That's it. Just a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I'm drinking coffee in this dream. The helicopter one, I think it's because I've been thinking a lot lately. I, I got asked, uh, you know, what what is success for you? In the last session um, where I, well, I'm officially on happy pills and stuff, which I forgot to take my happy pill. Um, she's been digging, man. She's been getting up in my business. And I got to be quite honest, I don't like it. So session three from, um, I was going to do this at the end of the show, but let's do it right here. Through snot bubbles, because I just started crying and I didn't know why, because she touched a wound and she knew she was going to, so she did it. And we talked about the camper and me being lonely and then now carrying that loneliness 20 years later, wherever I'm at, could be surrounded by people, I still feel lonely. And that trauma, as she called it, I didn't call it trauma, but then success where I, as a male, getting in my 50s, started looking around and going, you know, I'm a fucking failure. I finished my military career prematurely. I wanted to stay longer, but I got so goddamn lonely I couldn't stay in anymore, so I got out at 20. I started another career. It was successful. I moved up really quick. I went from assistant manager to director of 13 stores in two years. That's pretty fucking good. Wrote P&Ls, learned the business side, did really well. Made a really profitable retail division. We didn't lose the company because of that. But then we lost the company. And then I was floundering. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what job to do. So through all of this, as a brave man or a smart man, who I thought was smart, but he ended up getting kicked out of the army for fucking his secretary at West Point. He once was talking to me, he goes, your problem is you put all your worth in your career and your uniform, but what's in your worth is this. And he tapped my family photo that was on my desk and I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Didn't think it was that poignant. Years later, I did. And I thought, well, success for me is my wife and kids. A marriage of 37 years this April is success. Having kids and getting them out and having them be good adults, successful. Grandkids, successful. That was my legacy. I realized I was never going to be famous. I was never going to be rich. I wasn't going to cure cancer. I was an average dude. I was always good enough, but never the best, which is not bad. So I should be happy with that. But then that went away. I lost. My daughter disowned us. The grandkids we don't see anymore. My son sees me every once in a while, but he's got his own shit. And all these friends are dead. And I'm equating dead friends, I must live my life great and be successful to make their death worthwhile and me be able to be alive. Why am I alive? Why did I get spared? All those type of things go through your head as vets. And then the two years of sickness with everything falling down around us and everything breaking and me losing my job because I was sick and the whole world exploding, I just melted and got so depression, so deep in depression, so suicidal ideation that I'm in this counseling. But I have to come up with what is success for me now? What will I think success is by Wednesday? And I've been thinking about it since Wednesday and I can't come up with anything. 
So somehow in my head, I always wanted to fly a helicopter. I wanted to in the Army. I took the fast test, passed, but I couldn't pass the medical because I'm colorblind. I'm shade blind, and it's non-corrective for that. When I went to pre-ranger, corrective. When I went to air assault school and pathfinder, corrected. You can get a waiver to go do those schools. And I could see red, green, blue. Yeah, I could see all this. It's just shade and the stupid black light they put on. I fail everything. And then there's one for pilots where they put two lights towards you and they're blaring at you and it's white, green, and red. And you're supposed to say what the color is. And I got one out of 30. So there's something wrong with my eyes. It's not correctable. So I looked up a school that's free, and you take all the courses, and then you can pay for flight lessons. And something in my old ass went, I want to go fly a fucking helicopter. And I think that's why I'm dreaming about flying a helicopter. Will that be success in life? No. I don't know what success is anymore. I know it's really hard to get a job. I'm trying. Nobody wants to hire a 56-year-old dude that's been unemployed for two years because he was sick. It doesn't matter what my cover letter says. I even applied at the Daily Wire and they blew me off. So I think that's why I'm flying. I don't know why I'm having coffee with Taylor Swift. That's kind of weird. Anyway, so here's Freedom Tunes and some helicopter videos. Long road to say, here's some helicopter videos. What's going on, you bunch of crazy, filthy animals? It is I. I am back with another meme review. Uh, and boy, oh boy, do we have some unbelievably tantalizingly well-done lefty memes. The left is at the left has stepped up their meme game. There's almost nothing to fix here. These memes are so good. These memes are so good. Here's a classic. This is this is a hot take on centrism that no one has ever seen before. This is what I mean by like left, they're getting better. They're getting better at their memes. So over here, we've got the clan. We want to kill all black people. And then we have the good guys saying we want civil rights. And we have the centrists saying that they, they are looking for a compromise between killing black people and, and uh, wanting civil rights. Creative. Aha, there you go. I can see past the veneer, this thin veneer of banal leftist hot take. Uh, we are actually dealing with a pretty scathing critique of Planned Parenthood. We want to kill black people. We want civil rights. Planned Parenthood is, is saying compromise. You can get both, according to Margaret Sanger. We got another one over here. This is gonna be a classic Seamus subversion. You're a corporate wage slave risking your life every day with minimal bro- Oh my gosh, could you please make something that's an- Ah! I signed up to review left-wing memes, not read banal dissertations on introductory Marxist theory. This guy clearly missed the point. I prom- Here's the thing, I promise you, whoever made this didn't have this uh, essay in mind. And, and consider that if they did have this essay in mind, they didn't write it. They made a game instead. Boom, check it, okay. Happy trans people, detransitioner. Well, this is fitting because no one here looks happy and they're all pretty identical. 
Also, isn't this like, isn't this beautifully ironic? Is this not beautifully ironic that the transgender movement would complain that we're focusing too much on a slim minority instead of seeing the broader picture? As if that's not the entire purpose of the transgender movement? To just totally redefine our society's understanding of sexuality on the basis of this tiny, tiny, tiny minority that feels they don't fit in with it? People who have no issue with their place in the gender binary. Another, another W. Here we go. I already know this one's gonna be good. By the way, I will say, credit where it's due, decent art style. I follow this individual on Facebook for their bad takes, but good art. All right. All right, sir, here it is. You're real sharp, kid. Work hard and you'll get a real job. Um, this is a real job. On my feet all day, finding products, taking inventory, answering dumb questions. Oh no, I meant a job like mine, which is, I'm a senior marketing accounts advisor to the chief executive sales analyst. Okay, and what the hell do you do? Honestly, I still don't know, but I make six figures and have health insurance. Haven't needed it though. So there's a very easy fix to this. I'm a political cartoonist. Yeah, that, that, this is one route. I think that's fair. It's a fair thing for people to consider. All right, where's our next meme? Oh my gosh. Uh... We got another gem. Uh, I don't know if you guys are actually even gonna believe this. Not only did the serfs make this, they were proud enough of it to put their logo there. I'm anti-woke. So you're anti-civil rights. No, that would imply I'm racist. Yes. <laughs> it's not what I am at all, okay? I just don't like seeing black or trans women in movies or politics. Ah, uh, so you're also a misogynist. <laughs> this is bait, there's no way. Man, there's so many ways we can fix this. Tell me over and over and over again, my friend. Ah, uh, you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Marge! Where's my beer? After the revolution, I will be the guy who draws the Simpsons. All right, we got one last, one last meme here that I think, I think will be good. This is an easy fix. POV, you are a liberal. You're so, cause you're in jail. All right, well that, thank you guys for playing. Thanks for playing Fix the Meme with Seamus Coughlin. That's it. That's all. It's time to, I guess it's time to go for us to go home back to our lives is the hard this is always the hardest part i'm gonna miss you i'm gonna miss you a lot i've never been good at goodbye <laughs> don't don't you gotta go shoot i don't want you anymore go <laughs> <sighs>
Which brings us to our This Is America. And this video is fucked up and it's indicative of what we have in our country. Um, the, the latest numbers, well, I'm going to get more graphic numbers. So let, let's watch this video of illegals coming into our country. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. got guys on the border and camel they're coming over this is from migration policy 2.5 million encounters of migrants on the US border does anybody fucking believe that legal immigration adjustments on So I was eating dots. It's horrible. And they're all lies. Encounters of the Southwest border, fixed school year 2023 increased over 40% since fixed school year 2021. 
4% compared to fixed year 2022 and more than 100% compared to 2019, which was last year a conservative was in the White House. Last month, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol reported 40% increase compared to September 2021. Since President Biden took office, there have been 7.5 million encounters nationwide and 6.2 million on the southwest border, but DHS is reporting 2.5. In addition to 1.7 million known gotaways, 169 were individuals on the terrorist watch list that came across the board. <clears throat> Only 18 were apprehended. So we know 169 went across, we only grabbed 18 of them. So far, CBP has arrested 35,433 aliens with criminal convictions, 598 of them known gang members, 170 of those from MSS-13, and we're not even tracking how many of them have committed murders in the United States, killed people by driving drunk, all the things we've covered on this podcast, not because we're xenophobic or hate Latinos or whatever, because A, my country, my family all came to this country legally. I employed so many green card holders, white, Asian, black. They all did it right. In fiscal year 2023, CBP, including air and marine operations, has seized 27,293 pounds of fentanyl coming across the south border. That could kill 6 billion fucking people. It's the biggest crime ever conducted by any administration ever. It makes Watergate look like not a gate. It's horrible. It's just fucking horrible. So to end, I wanted to end on this loony bat, if I can get it to work. Why are you being a pain in the ass? There we go. Sorry, I was stuck for a second. And we're talking about misinformation. Everything's about misinformation. So I wanted to end today's show on misinformation. And the queen of misinformation was Mary friggin' Poppins. All right. So, I bring him in. Hold on. There we go. Mary Poppins. Let's listen to some of her posts. I only grabbed four of them. First one is men and crowding women on the internet. Women should not be involved in government. They cannot be trusted. The real reason she's angry is because no chads will hit it and stick with it. Those are just two of the thousands of abusive tweets I've received over the past couple of months. Unfortunately, for women in politics, journalism, academia, or basically any time when we express an opinion while female, that is not the exception. It's the norm. During the 2020 election, I led a research team that investigated the use of gendered abuse and disinformation to keep women out of public life. We tracked 13 politicians over two months on six social media platforms and found over 330,000 pieces of gendered abuse or disinformation. 78% of that was targeted at Vice President Kamala Harris.
You're making a point about women getting treated poorly on the internet. <clears throat> I'm not even going to say that doesn't happen. It does. But there's also, you just said Brad, Chad's dad's, all that bullshit Taylor Swift did. That came from the left. They all say that crap. Well, what is that? What is white Christian nationalist? What is mega now? What have you made mega? If you're talking about poor conduct on the internet, there's nobody on a holy horse riding through the desert saying, great, this woman and the brigade of Hillary Clinton's, I uttered the following phrase. I do not care about abortion. I don't care what people do about abortion. But I do believe by statistics and what I've read from everybody but Planned Parenthood who lies about fucking everything they do because they're abortion mill. That's what they do. That's how they make their money. I've known people have gone there and they had their legs in a stirrup and then getting milked for more money. And all I say is the majority of Americans do not want federally funded abortions, regardless of what the cause of whatever, however you got it, because the whole argument of rape, incest. Do you not think a woman's going to get an abortion if she was raped or incensed sooner than full term abortion? Get the fuck out of here with that argument. Um, <clears throat> they don't want federally funded abortions and they do believe that after 23 weeks a baby is viable so we probably should have abortions 23 weeks and earlier in rare situations where a woman would find it after that of course nobody fucking cares or the well health of the mother nobody fucking cares but that's all I said I didn't say there should be laws I didn't say we should overturn Roe I never said any of these fucking things I don't really give a fuck it's a stupid subject just like the border that we've been arguing about my entire fucking life and they're never going to fix because if they fixed it they couldn't have Mary Poppins here calling everybody a fucking chauvinist and let's just really break it down oh to finish that point they followed me on the internet for weeks Everything I fucking said, go Packers, you're a chauvinist. Because I said I was pro-choice minus. That's what I said. They pushed me to be pro-life. I just say that online just piss people off. I really don't give a fuck. Care less. Go abort a billion babies. Use abortion as birth control. Even though we had a whole election talking about birth control and it had to be free, and if you didn't have free birth control, girls going to Ivy League colleges couldn't afford birth control. Jesus fucking Christ, get out of here with that shit. It's free at health clinics. You go get the pill. My daughter did it. I mean, you don't, have, you don't even need health coverage to get it. The federal government changed that shit. But to say you need it for birth control is fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Let's just break down what he's trying to say. She's saying any criticism of Kamala Harris is chauvinist if you're a male. Well, I read online a lot of African-American females who say she's a fucking pile of shit. She's accomplished nothing. She's set back African-American women and women causes forever because she's accomplished nothing. If she's put in charge of something, you can guarantee it's going to get more fucked up. Because she wasn't qualified for the job at the beginning. The only reason why she got the job is because she had a vagina and she was African-American. And Biden didn't think he could get the African-American and vagina votes. I mean, I call out the right and everybody calls out the right. The media calls the right when they pander shit like getting Mike Pence just because he's a Christian conservative. Like to the extreme of not letting women be in the room with the door open, which everybody dogged him for that. But you know what? My life story, I never counseled a woman with the door closed. 
I've known guys to get taken down by that shit when they say I was raped because they were losing their job. I've seen it. I've seen women do it. There's plenty of cases of women crying foul and everything because they know they can use that ticket and get the guy fired. It almost happened to me. They played everything in the world because they were scared they are going to get fired. Women are shifty, man. Not all women are pious and use the things that they need to use to protect themselves from real chauvinism and sexism. They just call everything chauvinism and sexism, and that's what she's doing. Kamala Harris only got the job because she had a vagina and she's black. Mike Pence only got the job because he was a Christian conservative. That's the only reason why they got there. And the vice president's a useless position. You're only there if the president dies. That's your job. But this guy, to increase her cred, because the left was killing him, Biden put him in, her in charge of all sorts of shit, and she fucked everything up. Because she was, wasn't good as a DA. She's the same person was down there mother frickin' putting black people in chains. I'm just saying. Mary Poppins is also really into Ukraine. You've heard about social distancing. Oh, I'm sorry, but this one isn't it. Have you heard about informational distancing? Probably not, because it's a term I invented. One of the biggest misconceptions I see about disinformation is that something has to be fake to be disinformation. That's not true. Actually, disinformation plays on our emotions, real grievances, real fissures in our societies in order to achieve political, personal, or monetary gain. That's why when you feel yourself getting really worked up about a piece of information, I suggest you put your your phone down, close your computer, go for a walk, practice informational distancing, putting a little bit of a buffer between yourself and that content. This allows you a little bit of time to chill out, consider the source, think about what their motivations might be, and do a little bit of basic fact-checking about the claims that you've seen. Especially during charged times like these, it's really important we all take responsibility for the information we're consuming. You've heard... I thought she was going to yammer more on. I was like, independent. <laughs> I'm spitting dots out. I was gross. Sorry. If I followed her advice, I wouldn't believe anything then. If you just stumbled on this podcast, Donald Trump is a piece of shit. I can't stand that fucking piece of shit. In 2016, I only voted for him because Hillary Clinton was a bigger piece of shit. And I thought four more years of left-leaning shit, more and more middle-of-the-road stuff was going to go away. She was very extreme on every policy. She was a fucking liar to like an degree that none of us can even acknowledge. She's just a fucking liar. She's always been a liar. Twenty twenty, I voted against Biden because Biden, after he came out of his basement, couldn't articulate a sentence anymore. Something happened to him medically. You're a liberal hearing this. You know I'm right. Something happened to that guy. He's not the same guy. Before the weeks in the basement shit, he was a normal dude. And of course, because the media 
wanted him to get elected. They never even researched why did he go to the basement. But like six weeks later, he comes out and it's like Groundhog Day. That motherfucker can't speak. He had a medical problem. I guarantee he had a stroke. And ever since then, he's not the same dude. So I'd rather have the piece of shit that the media stayed up on than a guy that wasn't going to run the country. And guess what? Now we're sitting here with liberals going, that motherfucker don't run shit. He doesn't have a clue what's going on. He can't hold a sentence. And you're just going to vote for him because he's not Trump. When really, if I vote, and I'm still on the fence of whether I'm going to vote or not, be the first time I never vote because they both suck so goddamn bad. At least Trump's in office. I know we're going to know what's going on. And if he does anything extreme, he won't be able to get away with it because the court systems and everything are stacked against him because most of the regional or um, district courts are all liberal. And they blocked all sorts of shit that Biden's doing right now. And they're not blocking, which is really funny to watch. But if you take our media landscape right now and the things that we do... We have a president that can't articulate a sentence, has to be escorted by his wife off stages, trips and falls, wears hard hats backwards, and doesn't know it. And what did I do last podcast? We're talking about Trump's mental health because he slurred a word. It's verboten to talk about Biden like that. We talked about Trump walking down steps at West Point. And he had shoes and he was walking funny because it was wet and he was afraid he was going to fall because he knew what the media landscape was. The president tripped over a fucking sandbag. The president dumped three or four times on Air Force One. We didn't cover that. We had people literally doing psych evals of Trump over everything. We had the media that went after Trump for Russian collusion, and even after Russian collusion was proven not to be true by the Comey report, we still say to this day, he cheated with Putin and got elected in 2016. That's what we say. But we now have a president that's actually been proven his son was getting money from China. It's all proven. It's not a falsehood, and he had to have known about it. And what my point is, do I think it's impeachable? No. But you impeached a president because of Russian collusion. You impeached a president because he said, go to the Capitol and protest peacefully. And they were already ripping the doors down before he even went over there. And you've had no proof that he had anything to do with it, but we impeached him over it. But you have a president who said four or five times, I never talked to my son about businesses, yet he's on a phone talking to his son on business. And the phone calls been broadcast. So, I mean, get the fuck out of here. I don't think either one should be have, have been impeached. I think impeachment's some serious shit. Not Bill Clinton gets a blowjob and lies that he doesn't get a blowjob. That's not serious shit. Trump saying go to the Capitol, not serious shit. We missed abused it with the media and the left because we wanted to kill Trump and not have him ever run for office again. But it didn't work because you don't have anything on him. He's a sly bastard. 
even this later latest one, we're gonna make him pay eighty-three dollars for a lady who said she was fucking grope, but she can't tell you the day or date or anything. Get the fuck out of here. That wouldn't work for Biden. There's a lady who literally said he pushed her up a wall and touched her vagina. That lady's a lying whore. That's what we said. We don't even do articles about it. The difference between me and you, liberal or conservative, is I could say both of them suck. They're both shady fucks. They both have questionable female contact. If you look at Biden, that ma fa sniff hair. Sniff hair. Back to Mary Poppins. The last three days have been really tough for me. As a lot of you know, I lived and worked in Ukraine, and my colleagues and friends there have spent the last three nights in bomb shelters as missiles have rained down on their cities. Women have given birth down there, people are taking their dogs and other pets down there. An entire neonatal intensive care unit in the city of Dnipro was moved into a bomb shelter, all because of Putin's unjust unprovoked, barbaric war on Ukraine. There is plenty of evidence that the Russian army has targeted civilians, kindergartens, ambulances, hospitals, apartment buildings. They claim that they are demilitarizing and denazifying Ukraine. Are those children Nazis? Are those apartment buildings military targets? Broadcasting through no matter Star, what unfounded let's talk about the top Russian narratives attempting to justify Russia's military buildup on Ukraine's borders. One, the Kremlin would like you to believe that Ukraine is run by a bunch of neo-Nazis and fascists. These narratives are an attempt to discredit the democratic reforms that have taken place in Ukraine since 2014 and the strength of Ukrainian national identity. While there are some neo-Nazis and far-right groups in Ukraine, as there are in almost every country, they don't hold political power. They do. do. I'm done with her. She's so fucking boring. Um... Here's the deal. When, when uh, Donald Trump took office, you people said that an attack in a- uh, Africa that killed an SF guy was his Benghazi. Benghazi was Benghazi. Benghazi was bad. We left motherfuckers to die. We didn't even fucking take their bodies out. They had to get a Pakistani C-130 to get the fuck out of there. So yes, Hillary Clinton was fucked up. What she did was fucked up over there. It was wrong. This Ukraine thing, if Donald Trump was pumping money into Ukraine like we're doing right now after impeaching a Democrat over Ukrainian ties and the left went crazy over that Ukrainian thing when the president of the United States said he went to Ukraine and fired somebody in the judicial system because they fucked with his son. That's all open source. You don't have to go to Fox News. You can just Google that shit and it comes up. It's on YouTube. That's how I found it. It's a real briefing when he was the vice president and he's bragging about it. Yeah, we impeached Trump over that. We impeached him. The president of the United States did it. There's something going on in Ukraine for the left. I don't know what it is, but they're all really into Ukraine. They are so into Ukraine, it's kind of scary. And what Russia did is horrible. 
But let's go back in time and look at what happened in Africa with fuckers getting hacked to death. We did nothing. The Balkans, we did nothing until millions of people were slaughtered. The Africa thing alone, how many fucking genocides have gone on and we've watched it? Your Ukraine thing does nothing for me. As a soldier, when I watched Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis in it, I cried every time because I knew of stories. I knew what was happening in Africa. I knew we were doing nothing to stop it, and we could have why millions or hundreds of thousands of people got hacked to death with machetes. And we didn't do anything because they were black. We didn't do anything because it was a country that didn't offer a shit, some spices, so we didn't give a fuck. So the Russia-Ukraine thing, although it's really bad and we should do something, we're not doing anything. All we're doing is punishing ourselves. Because every fucking sanction we've done, nobody in Europe has followed it. They need the oil. They need the natural gas. They let it happen. So we might look all badass, but all we're doing is fucking ourselves. If you don't go get medication lately, maybe you should, because that's the reason why we don't have medication in our country. We get it from Russia. There is a stop on Oxycontin. I had to get this shit on post, because you can't get it off post, because Walgreens doesn't have any. They haven't had it for three months. That's because of Ukraine. Billions of dollars going to Ukraine. Why? It's not even the news anymore, but we keep pumping money into it. Why is Ukraine so important? No media company is ever going to answer that because they're all lefties, and all lefties want this war to keep going because of what? Well, we don't know. But I tell you one thing, if it was a conservative administration, oh, we'd fucking know. So when I go to vote half the time, Mary Poppins, I vote conservative not because I believe they're worth a fuck. I think they suck ass. I only vote because at least I know what's going on in my country. At least I know what the President of the United States is doing. At least I understand everything that's going on because it's covered at nauseum. They can't do backdoor deals. They can't do shady shit. Because the media is all left and they want the right to fail. So they run all these montages that I see. And that's why I have a podcast. It has nothing to do with I hate Democrats, as I got an email this week. I hate both parties. I hate both cults. If you're a Biden cult or Obama cult, I think you're a piece of shit like the mega cult and the Bush cult. I think you should not cult anybody. As a human being, when you cult and idolatize these fucking people, you're an idiot because they don't give a fuck about you. Do you think the left really cares about African-Americans? They only use the African-Americans until they found a better thing. Transgender. African-Americans are saying it now. We went from George Floyd to save trannies and push it in grade school in a fucking flip of a switch because it was sexier. Did we fix all the problems in the African-American community? Have we helped people to be able to get a leg up? Have we done anything? No. We didn't do shit. Because by the time they got done fucking around with it, they realized George Floyd was dying of fucking fentanyl-laced meth 
and he was going to die, but we used it as a trigger point so that we could get an election going. That's why they covered it. They didn't give a flying fuck about George Floyd. He was the vessel for everybody's racist, especially that guy over there running for president, and anybody who votes for him. And that's why we do this podcast, Mr. Your uh, Shill for the Right. No, I'm pointing out the simple, easy, fucking identifiable fact that our media will push anything for the left, and the left's never had a, held accountable to accomplish anything. What have they accomplished in my lifetime? Oh, the ACA that nobody can afford. None of the employees I had who were minimum wage, $10, whatever, for the local area, we paid $2 more than the local minimum wage could afford the ACA. Because the ACA is a derivative of TRICARE. And TRICARE, I paid 200 some odd dollars a month. I know it's less than most people's health coverage, but I don't get health coverage. My co-pays are at the Wahoo to go off post, and that's where they push you. Because it used to be you go on post. They can't do it because they fu- they get lowered all the fucking medical people. There's no medical people left. Just like there's no pilots, no helicopter pilots. There's nobody left. Because everybody's like, fuck the army. I'm done with this shit. All it is is woke crap. Nobody cares about us anymore. We don't give a fuck. We're leaving. And that's why there's recruitment problems. That's why there's retention problems. Because it's all bullshit. You serve 20 years. Destroy yourself. I have a fused back. Fucked up knees. My hips are garbage. I'm 56. And the only way I still look somewhat less 56 is to work out constantly because the moment I stop, everything fucking hurts and falls apart. And what do I get for it? No dental, no eye. I get a free eye exam and then everything else is out of pocket. I've been wanting some Oakley sunglass fucking glasses forever, but I can't afford them because they're 300 fucking dollars. Without the prescription. So I don't know what the prescription would cost. TRICARE, it took 20 or 18, 19 months to get to a specialty clinic. And by then I lost 150 fucking pounds. My job, my Jeep, my boat, my camper. House got struck by lightning twice. Water breaks, AC breaks, delaminated car, septic system on New Year's Day 2022, and oven on Thanksgiving. Thank you. My... Fucking saving is depleted. I'm all sorts of fucked up. Then I got in the clinic. Then I got some medicine. And now I'm starting to heal. To a point where I can go back to work. But I still can't eat beef. I can eat lamb. Kinda. I have a protein problem. I eat rice. I get constipated. Like bad. I take fiber just to eat fucking sushi. And it's all because of COVID. And the COVID shot. I said, I talked to a doctor the other day for a half an hour, and they were more tinfoil hat than anybody ever heard on the internet, saying they know things in that shot were fucked up. If you got Pfizer, you got fucked up because it was synthetic. And they're finding all sorts of problems of people having dormant stuff that activated. And I'm one of them. Intestinal issues like a motherfucker. And it all started with the second shot, May 2020. One. I instantly started. I couldn't eat beef. I'd vomit it. Couldn't eat red meat. Couldn't eat chicken. I can't eat tuna fish or salmon. My stomach just blows the fuck up. Can't do it. I've eaten more synthetic meat than a vegan. And last night I had a great dinner. It was chop che, all vegetarian with tofu. 
But I like it now because I got to get some kind of protein. I'm trying to put some muscles on. I have to eat fake protein because I can't have real protein. It makes me sick. They knew it. They knew it was going to fuck people up. But they rushed it. They didn't give credit to Trump. They gave it to Bush or to freaking Biden, and then they blamed Trump for it. And that's why we do this podcast. We, the people, I served 20 years for freedom of speech for other countries. In our country right now, there is no freedom of speech. If you don't speak far left, you're a piece of garbage, and they try to fucking cancel you. We have a media that only covers from the left perspective, pushes every latest crazy thing they do, only pushes their candidates, but then when they're in office, they don't hold them accountable. And we, the people, should want a media, should want both parties to be held in check and explain to me why we don't have a southern border policy and an easy integration into our society where people can legally immigrate. Why do we have a problem with abortion across the country? Why by this time in my life haven't we figured out what we're going to do as a country? Because we clearly do not have a majority that wants unfettered abortion on the government taxpayer to kindergarten. That's not a thing, but the left wants that. Why do we have people pushing LGBTQ plus IA, 2S, all the other things on our children in school? Why do we have books in our school that push how to masturbate and have anal sex, but we don't have books that just push normal shit? I mean, these are the same people who said religion in school was verboten, but now you're pushing a new religion, and it's the left religion of intersectionality where everybody's racist and we take people's skin color and put them in different things so that Arabs, uh, Mexicans, they're all white people now. You actually look into their shit, that's what they're doing. And we push it in school and then say we're not pushing it in school. And then we find out that it is pushing school. Well, you're a racist because you bring it up. Their answer to everything is you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're a transphobe, you're a homophobe, you're a xenophobe, you're a phobophobe. Because they can't argue their point. They cannot articulate why this is so important for kindergarten kids to learn that they aren't really what they think they are because their life sucks and they're unhappy like every other teenager on the planet. And so maybe chopping their penis off and making it a vajayjay or what's really happening more often than not, make your vajayjay into a penis is going to make you feel better. So let's take some hormones and sterilize your ass because you can't undo it, you dumbasses. I've gone to a pharmacy and picked up my wife's estrogen after her fucking hysterectomy. The lecture I got every time of what it would do to my body. And now we just hand that shit out to boys. Because if you don't, you're a transphobe and you get cancer. We have DEI. We have all these things pushing corporations to do it. And then to coup de grave all of it. Taylor Swift becomes very popular this year. It's her biggest tour ever. She has an album that, once again, I didn't like, but it was huge. It's going to sweep the Oscars. But now we read articles that Taylor Swift's going to either get Biden elected, get Trump elected, is good for Pfizer. This relationship's the most important thing in the world while a young girl is just trying to have a fucking relationship with a dude and now it's like all we ever talk about. It's everywhere. And it's political. 
But yeah, we're great. We're just fucking great. This is the greatest fucking country ever. We're so fucked up. We are so fucked up, it's nauseating. And it comes back to the simplest of things, freedom of speech. When I was a kid, freedom of speech is I'm on this side of the road going, A, B's bad. And you're on that side of the road going, B, A is horrible. But at the end of the day, we tip a hat to each other because we respect the fact that we live in a beautiful country where you can have freedom of speech and sit on a street corner and fucking talk about it. And we respect that other people have their own beliefs. We're no longer in that country. And it's not because of the right. It's not because of mega. It's not because white Christian nationalists. It's fucking because the left has now become the fascists. If you objectively look at what has happened since Charlottesville, when a bunch of racists walked down a street and somebody got killed, if you really research that, that's when all this craziness started. When the left started trucking people in and they started fights so that the other side would get in trouble. And we didn't stop doing that till the end of Floyd. Then COVID stopped it and now we're back doing it again. There was a March for Life. Nobody covered the March for Life. And nobody covered the violence that was going on with the anti-March for Life protesters. Nobody covers George Bush's two and uh, Trump's one inauguration day when they were ripping Washington, D.C. to the ground one street over. But we cover January 6th like it's the only time we've ever had a riot that lasted three hours. It all comes back to the press. We no longer have a free press. We either have Fox News, which is pushing nothing but right-leaning bullshit, or we have ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, CNN, MSNBC, WAPO, New York Times, HuffPo, LA Times, Boston Globe, pushing left-leaning bullshit. Everybody has their own sets of facts. And we all go to our little bubbles and we listen to what we want to hear and we're no longer listening to the other side speak. And that's when countries fall apart. That wraps up another episode of Flower Politic Podcast. Share it with the family and friends. Go to Flower Politic with K on SoundCloud. Rumble, 482-467-482-467. Email me at foppodcast at gmail.com like I did get this week. They have to be anonymous, so I did not bring their name in it, but that's why I do a podcast. You can also do the new one. I'm on episode 14 of Old Dude Music Review. They're scrolling in the background here, these stupid little name badges I got. It's at Rumble 553-2123, 553-2123, and it's also on Flyover Politic. I will be doing the next uh, Old Dude Music Review probably 31st. And then the 1st of February, Year of the Lord, 2024, I will do the next Flyover Politic podcast, which will crazily be episode 766. I cannot believe 
I actually went over a thousand miles last May too, before the new year, which is pretty damn good. So I did a thousand miles in one year, and now I did a thousand miles in six months, or May, May to June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, seven months, pretty damn good. Excuse me. Disconnect Molly devices. Don't give the yeah yeahs and tune in for the next time on the podcast. As always, thanks for listening. Take care. Every death is a tragedy, y'all. It's seven lives.